Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Hello and welcome to D and D two hundred one. My name's Niall. I'll be your dungeon master today. My name's Morgan, and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. Just thought I'd shake you up a little bit for the last episode. Yeah. No. Well, to be fair, we've done it. We've done it. We completed it. We fucking completed it, mate. Completed the DMG. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Exactly. It. Easy. We did it so that you didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Still can. Yeah. You can. Don't need you to. probably should. Yeah. You probably should. We covered it. I think well. I think we did all I right. I think we did yeah. all right. At the end of the day, most of this is opinion-based. Yeah. And that's what you we've know. done. Like, if you want the objective facts, fucking pay the money. If you yeah, want our buy opinions, the book. Listen to this. Also donate to our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is the podcast where we, two DMs, help you guys, new DMs, uh, figure out what you're doing. And if you are a player... <sighs> well, I guess if they, you've come this far. No. 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 If you've made it this far, I'll kill you. I'll still kill you. <laughs> If you've listened to all the episodes of You Can Now Be a DM. Even more disgusting. Oh, okay. If you have, no, because I'm imagining this person has no intention of DMing. Oh! Yeah, that's because yeah, no, I'm calling them a player. Foul. I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. saying, oh, you're a player that's thinking about DMing. No, no, you're I a say, player that I just say, wants my secret. I say play like a slur. Yeah, yeah player. Yeah, player. You player. <laughs> <laughs> you big player. Why don't you just fuck off? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Leave us to our secrets. Just let us you have this one thing. You don't need to know. It breaks the magic. Exactly, you sons of bitches. But yeah, like we said, this is kind of the wrap-up of the DMG and what we'll probably go on to after this is start talking about like monsters with some guest DMs and things like that. Mm. Just a little few things like that. Probably going to a bit more like homebrew, creating homebrew. I'll probably do a few of those and things like that. Awesome. Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's, it's been a journey. Um, you know what? I've become a better DM for it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So thank you. Yeah, thank you too. I think I have. It's been nice to go through the creative experience and the things that we've created and learned together. Literally, though. Mm, Seriously, no. like I, I'll never forget the villain episode. I loved making that mind flare. Yeah, that was good. There's oh, so many, really so good. many good episodes. I need to use that still. Yeah. Although uh, we'll the thing is, you have all these plans for D and D. Like you write them out and you plan them, and then you're like, it takes so long to do anything. It's like you have to have a three-hour session, and like you'll cover a lot. It's like I am never going to play all the games I want to play that are sitting in my head. No, I play D and D like five times a week, and still, yeah, exactly, it's crazy. But yeah, so we're kind of coming towards. So we last week we kind of finished off talking about what was it? What were we talking about last week? Running the game part deux. Yeah, part, part deux. And we talked about combat. This is running the game. This time it's personal, uh, and we're talking about just sort of the ends of stuff. So like in terms of like running the game, we're we're, we're starting off with diseases, that kind of thing. The game. The game of D&D, especially Tomb of Annihilation, becomes very, like, it can become very minutia-based and you can contract diseases and you need medicine kits and things like that. So we're just going to kind of talk about the things that really afflict your players in terms of real-world kind of consequences coming into your magical world. So, like, if you go yeah. into, a, into a, like, a jungle, it's it's probably common that if you've never been to that jungle, especially in Chult, where nobody's ever really explored it, you're going to come across something like a disease that nobody's had... And it's going to fuck you and your mum. Uh, oh, I see. 
No, I really enjoy Tomb of Annihilation for the disease stuff because you've yeah. got um, if you don't have a guide, there's no yeah. like you say, there's no way you'll ever know. So if you just go in, you're like, yeah, we'll be fine. Uh, I think the most sickening one from that is like throat leeches, mm. uh, where if you drink uncleaned water, you get throat leeches. Exactly. Um, but it's I think it's one of those things where once you get to high levels, you have characters with abilities. So paladins are immune to disease. Mm. You have um, that's not even a higher level thing. I think level three, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you have like uh, lesser restoration stuff like that and potions to get rid of stuff. So sometimes you, uh, what I like to do with diseases is I don't tell my players they've got them until the symptoms kick in. Yeah. Um, How would you know? You yeah, wouldn't know. It's yeah, exactly. Like, that's I, part of it. The fun thing is to message them privately to let them know like, a little bit. So, so like, not, just be yeah. like, don't, don't make it obvious, but yeah, we'll kind of hint towards the fact you're starting to shiver and stuff and you're getting things wrong and stuff like this. Uh, not everybody has the information that's attached to it and you don't necessarily know what's going on. Um, the difficulty comes when it's diagnosing diseases. Um, yeah. But I think that's fun because the medicine check is basically in games a lot of time only used to stabilize characters. Yeah. But you can give them then the opportunity. I usually give a medicine check equal to the DC of the poison, maybe plus five, of the disease plus five. Okay. So it's like if it's a, so if it's a DC 11 con save to succeed it, a DC 16 medicine check will identify what it is. What it is, or at least what needs to be done. Interesting. Um, How come you made it so difficult? Because, I, because DC 11 is easy. Easy to surmount, yeah. And I feel like I feel anybody like could anybody could, on average would probably get that if you don't have negative wisdom, okay, um, or intelligence, whatever medicine is. Um, medicine is wisdom. Well, there you go. So then, when you, I, I like it. So it's like, right, okay, you need to have to be able to diagnose this because otherwise anyone can do it. Um, and then, yeah, it should be at least equal to the DC that it is to save. I feel like is usually a good guide. It's like with monsters. If I, if you want to know something about a, mon- about a monster, I usually do DC ten plus the CR. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's like, really cool, actually. It, yeah, it, it works out quite well. It's like uh, making our kind of. It's like, what is this? And like, I'll have a look at what beast it is and think about the relevant check. So it's like, if it's like I don't know, like a bear, I'm like, all right, it's nature check. DC equals ten plus its challenge rating. Which is like a one maybe for a bear or two. Yes, I think I think brown bear is challenge rating two. Yeah. So one. it's only a 12. Or whatever, yeah. So it's easy yeah. to identify, but then if you get... But also like... Like a Baylor. Yeah, all of a sudden that's like nearly impossible to know stuff about. Because but, why would you? They're rare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also sometimes I'll add like... So like, I think it's like... You can get obviously like CR0 devils and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, all right, that's going to be harder. Maybe I'll add like a 5 or a 10 modifier to how difficult it is because like... Why yeah. again? Why would you know an outer plane about kind of thing? Kind Unless of thing. you were a wizard, that maybe yeah, yeah. But that's because usually if it's like a devil or a demon or something, I'll be like religion or arcana will get this because if you have done like if you study the faith, you'll know about the different types of devils in some kind of demonomicon or whatever. Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. But yeah, so I do the same kind of thing with the diseases. It's like right, see, if you using the kind of the DC to use it as a guide. What would the um what would the check be? That's really interesting. I'm going to start using that. That's really good. It I like good. that. I like that a lot. So, yeah, no, that's kind of the thing that you mentioned is that a lot of diseases can just be curable by casting lesser restoration. Like, that's it. You just boom. Which is why it's important to, like, have multiple encounters in a day. Yeah. Because then, like, all of a sudden resource management, oh, I need to, have I talked about my special long rest rules in here? Um, Let's talk about last week. I think you have, but go again. No, just because it's again. So one of the problems I think with D and D is is that a long rest is so powerful yeah. because we get everything back, full hit points, full spell slots, and stuff like disease stops mattering. Whereas uh, the I have I it's a variant I found online, which is a modified version of gritty realism where essentially if you have a really rough day if you've been like there's loads of factors that add into it it's like if you've been knocked down to zero hit points if you've had like a massive defeat if you've not eaten enough food if you've uh you're camping in a really shit place you might not get a long rest you might only go a short rest when you have a night's sleep 
and I and I think when you're doing stuff with diseases in jungles and stuff where survival becomes a key component, that works really well because all of a sudden you yeah yeah sure I'll cast my lesser restoration, but there's no guarantee you'll have that spell slot tomorrow. Yeah, and I feel like when you're doing stuff where right this is going to be like we're trekking through the jungle, having that thing of like right we need to be conservative with what we're doing, and then when you have diseases that give you levels of exhaustion, that's going to make sleeping even harder. So you're kind of just having this like it feeds into itself. So if you're yeah. doing something with diseases where it becomes a component, and think about if you want them in the game, you don't just yeah. want kind of like don't just put them in for the hell of it because they might like you say it's just a lesser restoration and long rest and everything's fine yeah if you want them to be a component of the game like they are in team of annihilation where the style of that game is survival they're a key component but if you just throw them in like what's the point i guess you've you've met mark who ran uh strix for me for a yeah, few have, sessions yeah. so mark's a really good dm um and he's running tomb of annihilation for me and some others at the moment oh is it yeah oh, nice. um just like as part of he's doing a homebrew thing but the players fucked him over by going through a portal so he's like fuck you i'll put you in tomb of annihilation fair enough and uh we're just currently doing that and he's doing all the sort of rules but the one thing that he does is whilst the game has changed in terms of survivability every time we get onto a dinosaur mount we need to make an animal handling check yeah that makes sense whilst you're doing all of that and whilst you're making all these saves and making sure that you know we've got our asses covered we've got our rainwater, we've got our clean water we got you know what i mean all that jazz the dcs aren't that hard but it's still it just gives the potentiality for failure. Yeah. And I think that does, it, it makes the game, like you say, a bit more real and, and, and having that survival instinct kick in for you as a player. Yeah. Just doing the roles makes you feel like you're actually playing the game. It's like, oh God, this could go badly. But but yeah. the DC is, I've just noticed, you know, as a, D, as a DM being like, oh, I only rolled a 12 and I passed. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So the DC is not that hard. And that's quite a nice feeling, because yeah. to know that he's not fucking us, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. trying to catch us out and trying to make this horrible for us, what he's doing is, he's making the game more fun by giving us more time to roll. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, what do you love doing as a player? I love rolling dice. I want to roll my dice. You know what I mean? Oh, you should have seen his face the other night. Just a handful of dice. Just oh, like... I did a green dra- adult green dragon breath weapon attack oh. on Monday. 16d6, just... <laughs> And then just uh, like the player just looking, it's like that's too many dice that you have in your hand. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Better pass your saves. <laughs> but also, like, this isn't even the most powerful dragon you're going to be fighting. Oh god. Um, yeah. God. No, there was very. I feel sorry for people that only use digital dice or online dice yeah. because the feeling of having a handful of dice, too many dice to hold. Oh, yeah, that is when you're like feeling. shaking, it's like there's no noise because yeah. it's so dense in your hand. Like, there's no point in this. Yeah. I just should just drop them. Ah, exactly. ah, oh, oh. it is. Better than sex. One of the best feelings in D&D is just having that kind of like, I have, you're about to die. It's also the same when you're a rogue and you get like a successful yeah. sneak, sneak attack with a critical hit and you're like, oh my God, oh, suddenly I've got 16 Can D. everybody give me their D6? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> nice, um, so good. But yeah, sorry, diseases. Um, There's loads of different reasons to get them as well, which is cool. Like, yeah, jungles, but also offending gods. Ooh. Like, do you know what I mean? I send a plague upon the land to punish you for your folly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you could have, like, a town where there is a disease rampant through it because they've offended a god kind of thing. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be... It could be a punishment for the town and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be all malignant. Mm. Malignant? Is that the right word? It depends what you're word. trying to say. I was trying to say... Ma- <laughs> I can't say it now. Mal- ma- ma- malevolent? Malignant is the word. Is it? Is a word. I don't know what you're no, trying, trying to say. I was trying to say malevolent. Ma- ma- malevolent. Malevolent. Yeah. Malevolent. God. It's not all evil is what I'm trying to say. Like, it can be good. It's not good bad. punishing. Yeah. Can it can be good. Yeah, it could be a punishment. 
Like rather than a rather than it's just like oh some evil thing is sweeping its way through. It's like no, the town has done something. Yeah, it's one of those classic- unjustified. So the gods punishing them, and it's, you just happen to like, walk through. You're like holy shit, there be there's some evil happening, and then you realise that God a god has sent a disease upon the town that is killing and eating children. And then when that happens, they kill and eat more children because they think that's how to fix it. And you're like, exactly. Oh no, this was valid. No, these yeah okay. Yeah, that kind of thing. So there's different ways on how to do it, and I think it's cool to let them incubate and stuff like that and um and having it so that the symptoms crop up later and it's like oh congratulations you're diseased you know like like slard diseases yeah and you no one knows that they've got a slard egg until it's too late until it's too late until it Um, (laughs) yeah i mean there's some sample disease in the book um which you'll again again i feel like to reiterate i feel like you should use a lot of these elements that we're going to go over when they come up and they're relevant in your game mm-hmm. so like again if you want to if you want to enhance the game like you say make it a plot point or make it something that happens in the background i mean you're also more than happy to say that there's no one here called sewer plague if you wanted to add flavor to your world be like oh there's a village over that's suffering badly with sewer plague contributing to the things of, the, of like maybe there's a big war going on but if you want to have them in your game or maybe it's in a city where there are loads of rats yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know and you can be it just like that, you can add flavor to stuff. So like, oh, plague requiem. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you could be like the 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 common district is riddled with sewer plague and stuff like this. You can add it as flavor, but if you wanted to be mechanical in your game, I would always be like, make it add to the vibe rather than again just being oh, that's a restoration. Never mind. Yeah, fine. We're all good. And the thing is, as well, like sometimes it's nice to have diseases that. You know, most of them are like, yeah, you'll get better after a long rest. But if they fail, then, then you know, some of the stuff like uh, cackle fever makes it that uh, every time uh, you fail the DC, you're like, you're basically just slowly dying. Mm. Like, it's not an instant death. It's not an instant fuck up. It's like only, only, uh, only saving will slowly cure you. And it takes a few saves to, like, to get out of it i think that's a really good way to do it yeah rather than um anything else and also the way that it passes you know if you're within 10 foot of a creature that has cackle fever you need to make a dc saving throw otherwise you get it yeah you know that's also you, fantastic. End, you end up with you can end up with a madness which we'll go into a bit more detail Ooh, later which yeah. can add a bit of spice exactly um sewer plague is one way oh, sewer plague it, to be fair diseases are a nice way to i uh, work with i feel like an underutilized mechanic which is exhaustion oh yes because exhaustion goes from like one level we're fine yeah. really we're kind of all right uh two oh god three help but you're very quickly going towards bad times uh, diseases are a good way to kind of reinforce that i think I've I've been playing with the idea of creating monsters that are sort of beyond 20th level for players where, you know, when you're getting to the point where you're like killing, you know, you want to go kill a god or something like that, something that they should have is that if they've got like an area of effect attack or, you know, like a, a breath weapon kind of vibe where they recharge it, it, if you fail your DC, you take a level of exhaustion. Yeah. It's and f- that is a whole, that's a game changer for level 20 because level 20, they can do so much. Yeah. But exhaustion is a real fucking game. You have six failed saves away from dying. Yeah. And that's, that actually adds the pressure on and it takes a whole day. You've got to have a long rest to get rid of that exhaustion level. And if you mm-hmm. take two, that's two long rests you need. Yeah. And if you're somewhere like Mechanus, where you're coming up against creatures that are fucking with like the order of things mm. and literally will just constantly be putting level of exhaustion on you. That makes the game scarier. So it's something that I'm sort of playing with for creating like higher challenge rating monsters, maybe like level 30, maybe level 35, just as I'm sort mm. of like developing that. I might be no, doing I think like that's quite fun. I think yeah. um, 
Yeah. No, I feel like all exhaustion is fun. Disease is a nice way to put that in your game. And it kind of just makes just makes everything harder in a more interesting way rather than yeah. just like new big bad fat monster that's going to crush you. Exactly. Another bag of hit points. And killing a troll. If you think about troll, like especially the, there's like a, there is like a disease I was just going to say troll. there's a, oh, um, you're like a pestilence troll or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I think you should just sort of spice that up. Is like every time yeah. you're attacking it, you're drawing blood, and, and that blood's diseases. splattering onto you. Yeah. So you should, at the end of combat, make a Constitution saving throw, depending well, on how many like close encounters you've had with it. You get sewer plague. Yeah, and maybe like increasing the DC by one for every time they hit it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's the you know just to contract it. Not for the rest of it, but just contracting it because they're literally bathing themselves in yep. this thing's blood, which is littered with disease. And then if they ever come across one again, they're like, right, ranged weapons, yep. we need to stay away. And it just adds that extra layer of the game, yeah. I think. And that's the thing is, all of these things that we have been talking about over the last few months is that it's all inspiration to just enhance your game. Mm. And that is the way to do it. The last disease example is sight rot, which is horrendous. <laughs> uh, which is if you drink water with uh, infected with it, you start to lose your vision, basically. So you get a uh, minus one penalty to attack rolls and checks that depend on sight. Um, and after every long rest, it just gets worse by one. Yep. If it gets to minus five, you're blind. <laughs> That's horrifying. And then to be like, to have never let your player know they've got this disease and just be like, your vision starts to go blurry. And then they're like, can I make a medicine check? And the DC is going to be 20 because it's 15 plus five. And they'll get like a 19. It's like, you've no idea. And then just slow. And then that's horrifying. But also like fun. Oh, yeah. Trying amazing. to figure out what that is. But actually, my favorite thing about this is that they should have done this for all the diseases. Is the last thing tells you of a really fun thing to do to cure it. Yeah. Which is there is a flower called eyebright that grows in swamps. And given an hour, they can uh, turn the flower into ointment. To then be like, if someone does quest. diagnose it, yeah. you're like, okay, the only way to, you know, you can you can get rid of this, but you need to go find this flower, turn it into a pet. That's like, that almost becomes like in an open world game, a side quest of its own of like, we need to cure our friend of sight rot. That is cool. Yeah, Again, yeah. just another layer of the game that you can just add into it. It's it's nice to have those little mini side quests when you're having a big campaign, especially. Maybe not so much if you're doing like a one shot. Mm. Maybe it's a good way to end a one shot. And you're, you're blind. blind. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm currently doing a, a semi-open world game at the minute. Um, just a semi. Uh, just a semi. Uh, and having the uh, having little elements like that which can like spin off. So yeah. I've like got a bunch of encounters where like, hey, if you deal with this in this certain way you'll end up going this way and the other and like things can affect them and change how the game goes and having stuff like where it's not like you have to save the world it's more a case of you have to do some things you haven't got you've got not got really a limited time frame and now they're like right okay we actually can go have a side quest to go find some eyebright to cure sight rot in our friend that's cool it is i do i i the more i've sort of started doing this podcast the more i really just want to sort of run a run a big game with some friends and just sort of like take my time with it and just enjoy watching them have the best time yeah no it's good for, it's it's nice just being kind of like I, I, most of what i've ever run before is like modules and stuff and having just kind of like hey do we want yeah this is the there's a vague plan and there's a plot hook because obviously that's kind of my job but like there is like room for you to move and breathe and, and explore things yeah. um yeah so i think that's disease pretty well covered there's a bunch of diseases like i say in the tomb of annihilation book yeah um and make them up Oh yeah, go online. There's so many. There's so many resources online. You'll be able to find loads of people of like examples of this kind of stuff. And yeah, hundred percent. Just have a play with it and just have fun with it. That's the main thing, really. Uh, the other, the other fun uh, illness-inducing thing is poisons. Oh um, yeah, which are I think a little bit of fun to give um, 
to both to give your to your players to use and also to kind of use against your players. Yeah, and I also think it poisons get a bad rap because a lot of things are resistant to poisons. Mm. And I will suggest one thing that I found obvious when coming up with this: if a creature is resistant to poisons or immune to poisons, like UNT, make a poison specifically for UNT. Stuff like that. Uh, do you know what I mean? Well, it's like yeah, you could do, the, do that. the classic kind of fucking. Um, they're reptiles, but yeah. if you get a platypus uh, venom, <laughs> they're not immune to that because yeah. they're not mammals. So yeah. you know, there you go. Exactly, and it, that's kind of like part of the fun is like creating things in world so that not everything is super strong or mm. super immune, and like you know, everything has a weakness. That makes me think of that episode of Buffy where there's that monster and he's like, I cannot be killed by any weapon forged by man. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I gave her a full title. Buffy's like, it's been <laughs> it's been a thousand years, bitch. Things have moved on. She's holding a fucking rocket launcher and fires a rocket at him and kills him. Because <laughs> It's like, made by machines. Yeah, because nobody's not even that. It's like, you're, yeah, you're saying this because you're talking about swords. Times have moved on, baby. Yeah. Like a fucking rocket launcher. Hilarious. Um, I am no man. <laughs> Imagine if you said that. Rings um, but yeah, so poisons come in four different types. Yeah. Uh, contact, which is if like they contact you, obviously. Touching. Uh, and Touching if, unless you me. get it off, you're uh, afflicted by the disease. Ingested is if it has to be eaten, which is nice for a cheeky assassination. Oh, yeah. uh, inhaled is like powders and gases. And then injury is like if you get... This is the kind of stuff you put on your weapon before you injure someone. Um, poisons have the fun capacity to be used for plot reasons. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing a political intrigue campaign that focuses around um, and maybe a noble being assassinated, you can perhaps pick a poison that they've been used like that happened you can get someone who's proficient in herbalism or poisonous kit to be like okay i've identified the poison now we can do stuff like track down where the poison was got from and then inhaled poison like from a candle yeah well that's be... a fun little ooh, oh a little political that's what? just me revealing how much i think about killing people <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for this week guys thanks very much i've got to go uh now you're on my list bitch why is there a candle in the room well what? No, but just like clever ways to sort of like, like you say, when you're doing like political intrigue, having a room that's, you know, filled with nothing, uh, but just keep talking about this lovely candle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then people will be like, all right, well, you know, we, we like the candle. It's like suddenly you're coughing up blood. Do you know what I mean? Y'all are dead. Yeah. Make, make the room dark. That's make a real, the only source of light a candle. That's a real fucking Aserac trap setter kind of design. The idea is that you go to a room and there's torches. Oh, I like the torch. You die. Yeah. What? Okay, campaign's over. You die. You fucking idiot. Yeah, the, the torch was filled with poison. When you light it, you inhaled all the toxic fumes and oh, started God. coughing up blood. Um, there's a lovely, exciting uh, list of poisons you can get. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the I think a lot of these, so quite a few of these are like, at least the injury ones seem yeah. to be like extracted from creatures. Yeah. So you've got like the purple worm poison, which does a whopping 12d6 poison damage if you... Uh, cut someone with it um, great for assassin rogues as well mm. like assassin rogues are proficient with um with the poisonous kit so if you do have an assassin rogue, this is one of those things as well that a lot of a lot of i guess players and dms do miss out when playing assassin rogues is give your assassin rogues a list of poisons to use during combat it was one of the most fun things my dm did with me once was i was an assassin rogue and I got given loads of poisons to play with. Mm. And I played with them as much mm. as I could, but then we started coming up against monsters that were just all immune to it. And I was and like, like yeah. fuck. Sneak attack damage it is. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many like ways to do it. I think one time we were coming up against like a goblin encampment and there was like a fire, so I just threw an inhaled one into the fire. Oh Jesus. And and 
poisoned a load of them. Fucking hell. But that's, again, like, do you know what I mean? It's using the poisons that you have. You know what each one of them does. You know that if you throw it at someone, it contacts them, then they're going to get, you know, fucked up. If you, you know, if they need to inhale it, you need to burn it, or you need to, you know, some, you know, put it under their nose or something like that. Yeah. Injury, obviously, you just put it into their, on your weapon. You put put a knife, give them a cut. But that's also, like, you then become... um, when you're kind of like trying to attack with a poisoned weapon, it's like, right, you want, might want to do like, right, you can put this poison on your weapon, but you have to use it within the next kind of, it's minute. Fact, is that I think There should yeah. be a kind of restriction of like, you have to use it within the next minute, otherwise the poison's going to come off your blade. I think essentially um, it's, it's delivered through a wound or washed off, as the rules say, uh, in fairness. But in, I guess if you were playing like gritty realism, it would only last for a minute. Yeah. Also, it's like oiling your knife, essentially. Yeah. Because that is the equivalent. Yeah, of I suppose it. It, to be fair, but depends how you want to do it. Because I think that, and if the, the poison's that potent, it would stay on the blade for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, you're right. You there's just a, have to be very careful. Yeah, don't prick yourself. Yeah. Uh, Fuck! A, oh shit! <laughs> it's like that meme that was going around of like my first job, day on the job as an assassin, like pouring poison into a bowl of soup, stirring it around, tasting it. the spoon, <laughs> and falling unconscious. Um, but then yeah, there's a bunch of poisons here with like their prices listed, which again is nice. So we've talked before about. Uh, money sinks for your players because they can end up with a lot of money and nowhere to spend it especially if you don't allow them to buy magic items mm. um, and to be like if you like say if you've got an assassin it's like you can buy poisons to help with your um, uh, job I guess and some of them are really like useful like as an assassin you get a natural 20 immediately on if you because you have advantage on the first roll of combat if the creature hasn't taken a move and, and if stuff they're like surprised that. you yeah. get every the first hits a crit yeah. so Kelsapreeze, fucking put some poison into their food, knock them unconscious with it, because a lot of poisons do that. Instead of, like, doing damage, they just have a DC. And if it's a commoner, or, like, you know, just someone normal, mm-hmm. or you can even give them, like, a better poison that has, like, you know, improved poison, which has a higher DC. Because a lot of these DCs are quite low. But, if you know, if you've got an improved poison that has a higher DC, you knock the creature unconscious, you come back for it whilst it's unconscious crit stab it you get all that assassination stuff yeah. happy days there's um no it's it's beautiful um there's some really nice ones like i say there's pur- purple worm poison uh and you've got like a stuff you can harvest um yeah a few like a few of these are br- pretty brutal so like midnight tears is like a dc7 con oh, save yeah. um oh, f- oh that's awesome <laughs> no effect until the stroke of midnight yeah midnight tears is one hell of the yes ones. um but then um, there's a there's a thing here about kind of uh, like purchasing poison. So again, that can be like a fun little plot thing of your rogue trying to find where they get. Oh, oh, that's what your kind of um, criminal background feature, which is yeah, c- criminal contact. It's like, oh, that's my poisoner. I'm gonna go speak. My to poison. Him. I got a poison guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got a then, knife guy. Got a poison guy. <laughs> you know, I've got lots of guys. Got a mask guy. He's got what? lots of masks. A ma- I thought you said a maths guy. A mask guy. He does, he does my accounts. Yeah, <laughs> I go to speak to him. He does my taxes for me. Which um, I never pay. <laughs> no, of course. He tells me what I should be paying. I laugh and leave. But I pay him for the pleasure because it's funny. Um, <laughs> he hates me. <laughs> he, he absolutely hates it. But yeah, I pay but for he gets paid for it. I pay for his living, you know. Um, now, if you're anything, I feel like a lot of DMs have experienced this. You, they've been fighting a monster that has been poisoning them, biting them, infecting them, and they win. Hooray. And then they look at you and they say, can I, can I take some of the poison? Mm. And for a long time, before I, when I DM'd before I had any of the books, I was like, maybe i don't know is this fine um but there's some nice little guidance here on how to do it um which basically involves um uh if you take an incapacitated or dead creature you can use 1d6 minutes um to harvest and poison it's a dc20 nature check 
Um, if you're proficient in the poisonous kit, you can use a proficiency in that. If you're not proficient in nature, and if you're successful, you can get a single dose. But if you fail, you don't extract the poison. And this is what I like. I like tiered failing in D and D. If you fail by five or more, you get fucked by the poison. Yeah, you fucked up. Um, and I love that because I like to do. I like to do. I say this to my players a lot. If they get like a DC and they've like so they've missed it by missed it by one, I'll yeah. go. I will let you succeed, but there will be a consequence. Yeah, and then they that, go. Yeah. Oh god. Uh what would be How worse? How badly do I want it? Yeah, and it's like with poisonous stuff being like you you know, yeah, you, you there's a consequence to the fact you fucked up really badly. Yeah. Um which is why you're kinda of like if you're about to do it, it's like get your cloak to cast guidance and yeah. uh get the bard to inspire you while you're doing it so the purple worm doesn't kill you after it died. Um which I really enjoy. I think that's a, a, a nice uh, a nice little addition to that. One thing I like to add to sort of like harvest harvesting stuff is like I know it's a nature check, but not everybody's great in intelligence or nature, so sometimes I allow a survival check instead. I do tend to, yeah. for certain checks, like grapple checks as acrobatics or athletics, I try to do that as much as I can with players, just so that they're not completely out of it, only if it calls for it. Like an, like harvesting, it actually kind of makes sense that that would be a survival check, because yeah. it's part of survival is like harvesting animals oh, 100%. and, and I mean, I g- do, gathering berries and stuff like that, but I also that. your knowledge of nature. I do that with, um, so, I mean, it's the variant rule of the player's handbook where you can use yeah. a different base skill, but I often do, if someone's trying, I think this is in the book anyway, if someone is trying to detect if someone's lying, I will allow them to do an insight check, obviously, usually, but I will also allow them to do a wisdom deception check, because if you're good at lying, you can pick up when other people are lying. So if I, if like, so instead of rolling a charisma uh, deception check, they roll a wisdom deception check because if they're good at, if they have proficiency in deception, they'll get to add their proficiency bonus to working it out. That's a really interesting way of looking at it because it's like you, you know how to lie. You're good at lying, so you should be able to pick up on when people are bluffing. And but it's less. still a wisdom check. It's well. still wisdom. You're still, you can't use your charisma to work out what someone else is doing, but you can. You can use your proficiency your bonus. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I, I like think that, that adds. And I, I do the same with, I've got a barbarian who's got like fucking, you know, all barbarians. He's got like a plus five strength. He's huge. I let him do strength intimidation checks because his yeah. sheer muscle mass yeah, is just like be. enough for people to go, okay, yeah, I'll listen to you. He's now got a belt of um, fire giant strength as well. <laughs> so he's just like a unit. And if he was standing next to you trying to get you to say something, you'd be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I do think that adding just like little extra stuff for your players just to give them that extra role play mm. is always worth it because it's not it's not going to break the game at the end of the day. And if it is going to break the game, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's poisons pretty much, really. Yeah. And, like, and make your own. Have fun with it. Yeah. Edit them, play with them. The good inspiration is like, it's kind of use this, is look at monsters that do poison damage oh, and be like, yes. I'll use that. So I'll basically just completely replicate that um, yeah. and then I can add that to it. Um, or even stuff like I think it's this is probably one right there must be one that knocks you unconscious is that drow yeah poison? there's loads yeah. yeah drow poison specifically because of out of the abyss because that's how they get you yep yeah so you can get poison knocked unconscious which I think is really fun because then like there's more uh, elements you can add to that stuff that impl- uh, uh, puts conditions on people is a really easy one to do reduced movement yep like if you've got a thief who's got poison daggers that he throws when he's trying to get away you're restrained when he's well just half your speed yeah. So he just runs away. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> We can even go back into exhaustion. Yeah. You get, oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I quite like the idea of like, you get you get restrained, so your speed becomes zero, you kind of become really sluggish and stuff. Yeah. That's quite good, actually. Yeah, it's that. fun. It's fun. Yeah, just have a play with it. At the end of the day, this is all inspiration. Mm, 100%. And that is the, I don't know if we've said that before on this podcast, but 
pretty much everything that we've said and all the rules can go straight out of the window and you start playing. Like, do what you want and do what feels natural. And just make sure your players are having a good time. That's that's all that matters. Yeah. And that you're having a good time. Yeah. If you're hating it, the players will probably hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've had experiences where players are having the best time of their lives and I am uh, uh, not. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the next point is madness, which is so much fun. Yeah, so madness is one of those, and it kind of causes our, I kind of spoke about this with disease, is that you don't want to, like, make sure, again, make sure it works in your campaign, Mm. because madness is, uh, should be something you don't come across very easily, so out of the abyss, which is full of demon lords, just seeing them should press upon the mind. Being in most outer planes should also have this effect, like, especially the far realm. The abyss does, yeah, the far realm does, um... A lot of the the planes have their own different effects, don't they? Yeah, um, but that's the thing is like it's part of that, and having having that sort of level of fun so that the madnesses aren't necessarily all bad. So imagine going to like a plane of pure good, you might you might get a madness that just makes you really positive all the time, mm-hmm. like to a fault. Yeah, there's a you, bunch of exactly. Yeah. Hang on, let's have a look what we got. Um, oh, so we'll go through the I guess the rules of it. Yeah, there are three different categories: uh, short term, long term, and indefinite. Woo! Short term. <laughs> short term is one d ten minutes, and these tend to be quite. I noticed the short term ones tend to be more brutal. Yeah, because obviously they're only lasting a certain yeah, amount. Exactly. So stuff like uh, you can become paralyzed, incapacitated, frightened, uh, can't speak, um, must use your action to attack the nearest creature, like bunch of stuff, which is really fun. Start seeing stuff. Fall unconscious, yeah. stunned. Like there's a bunch of really fun. Um, like in the middle of a fight, if you get that madness, like if you're trying to flee a demon lord, which is posi- and your your character falls unconscious or is stunned, but yeah, the worst case, you're scenario, fucked because yeah. then you're like, we need to grab this player and drag them with us. So then your speed's kind of reduced because you're burdened trying to carry them. Getting to narrate that as well, like how do they get stunned? Is it because they're just like completely losing their mind? Are yep. they freaking out? Oh. Or are they are they just like completely still because they're they're completely entranced? Just, just by like. It? Oh fuck it! Yeah. yeah, depending on the demon lord, it's like is, is mm. this is this fear? Are they in love? Are yeah, they like, like grats. Yeah, grats. You're just kind of like I love him. Jublex. It's the difference. Jublex is slime. Yeah, just being completely like freaked out. <laughs> what by the all fuck the am I looking at? Yeah. Weird, different, like big um, fat jellies. One thing I do, <laughs> big fat jellies. One thing I do like to do with madness is I add. Um, I give my players so there's a really good mechanic in Out of the Abyss for this, which is where it has your madness, your sanity level basically. Yeah. Which is every time you fail a check to uh, go mad, you gain a uh, you gain a level of uh, like madness basically. Yeah. Uh, and if you're if you gain a level and you go to level one, you get a short term madness. Yeah. If you go to level two, you get a long term. If you go to level three, you get an indefinite. And if you fail again, you go back to one and get another short term. Yeah, you Which just means keep you adding more and more. Stack and more, up yeah. indefinite madnesses. Something I like to do with this is I like to say to my players if there's a heavy madness campaign, is you now have two forms of inspiration. Yeah. You have a form of inspiration, the normal one, and you also have a form of inspiration for every indefinite madness you have. Whenever you play up to that, private message me and let me know, and I will give you madness inspiration. And I have had players now that have had their madness for like six months. Yeah. Because no one's realized, they just think they're being a bit kooky, but they keep getting like secret inspiration in the background. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun because the madness, especially indefinite, can obviously can be very counter yeah, productive. Productive. So it's like to encourage people to be like, I actually think we should just kill these people because they're in our way, but they're innocent villagers. 
they're in our way yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah nobody's innocent yeah and it's just because they've got an indefinite madness that is like bloodlust yeah exactly it's like you get the madness which is i suddenly find i have i gain pleasure from murder yeah um yeah it's good fun but yeah, so that's all your your kind of short-term ones. It's like a D10 minutes. Your long-term is a D10 times 10 hours, Woo! which is a long, long um, and fun. A couple of days at the least. Yeah. Well, it's a day at the least, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've got... So in our Strict 7 games, someone has now been deafened for the next 40 hours. Bloody hell. Um, it's Samantha is now deaf for the next 40 hours. Oh, Lord. Um, which is uh, really good fun. And then there's Indefinite Madnesses, which kind of are a bit more role-play-y. They, so yeah. all of these, the other ones have, like, mechanical effects. Mm. So like, what's, what's fucked is, like, the, this one of these long-term madnesses, which can last up to 100 hours, the worst one is you fall unconscious. So unless someone casts less restoration on you, you're unconscious for 100 hours. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I love it. Can you get... Hang on. I would say, as well, just wait, because madness is something that sometimes people do sort of, like, have have a bit of a, a struggle with and one of them does kind of connote the idea of like OCD as being as a form of madness so yeah. just always just check in with your players when you're kind of doing these things that 100%. sort of align to mental health or having that kind of I, I guess it's it's got a bit of a, a taboo on it hasn't it maybe yeah there's a kind of there's, I mean there's this is why RPG um, kind of consent forms really important yeah. because you can be like hey are we okay to explore this kind of thing um, we need to make sure we do this in a sensitive manner because yeah. there's, uh, there's a spell called Feeble Mind which yes. reduces your intelligence to three i think or yep. and the role play from that can be incredibly problematic at you know well at best it's yeah. just kind of boring at worst it's very uncomfortable because people can be you know it uh, depends on how people interpret it as well and it's just making sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody's having fun at the end of the day just try not to do anything that's going to be i don't know disturbing for your players or yeah. for you if a player starts doing something that you're like, look, I've given you this madness, but the way that you're doing it isn't really the way that I envisioned this to go, have that conversation with them. Always talk. Like, the thing is, is you've never, don't worry about doing something wrong. You've not really done anything wrong. You're just exploring and you're learning. Yeah. So just remember that and have fun and talk to each other. And if something doesn't feel right, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't shy away from it. Don't feel uncomfortable about it. Just, just talk about it. And I guarantee you, you're usually playing this with your friends so it will usually work out don't worry about it yeah 100 percent. yeah um indefinite madness is though indefinite madness that like i say that's your kind of heavy role play stuff so that's like there's no mechanical additions to this and this is where the dm inspiration comes in so it's yeah. like i don't like the way people judge me all the time yeah um uh i, I keep must whatever bend I the find. truth yeah i keep whatever i find is fun because a lot of adventures are already like that so yeah. no one will even think it's weird yeah um until it starts getting out of hand you start adopting npcs yeah i bring in the where did you where did you find that child in the village you just went through yeah he's ours now i'm gonna look after him forever it's mine yeah he's he belongs to us yeah. belongs to me yeah, yeah. um yeah you can get some kind of that like there's some real fun you can do with that um and you can cure madness so lesser restoration yeah. is uh cures short and long term and um oh a greater restoration, greater restoration for, for indefinite, indefinite one. Uh, which the, makes a lot of sense as well. Like it's it's a lot, I yeah. Don't know, bigger. The um the so a couple of books are really useful. So you'll find that um out of the abyss has a bunch of de- uh, demon lord specific madnesses, which are quite fun. Oh yeah. Uh, so I've got a player now who uh who got 
madnessed by Dewablex, who forces <laughs> other people to consume as much food and drink as possible. And he currently made the, at the middle of the day, the king of the dwarves very, very drunk and full because he just kept sliding alcohol and food towards him and was like, eat, come on, eat, come on. He's become a cereal feeder. Yeah, exactly. And everyone thinks it's just funny. Everyone yeah. thinks this is a funny bit, but, but no, actually, he's gone insane. Yeah, yeah. He thinks um, this is normal behavior. Yeah, I also was very proud of my players because one of the, the only sane player was trying to get a priest to cast Greater Restoration on them. And so many of them were like, there's nothing wrong with me. Get away from me. Yeah. And I was like, love this. Big fan of this. <laughs> Enjoying this. Keep your madness. Let it set in. Let it burn. Um, yeah, they're, they're really good fun. Uh, I've noticed as well, there is two versions of Gratz madnesses. There's oh. the Out of the Abyss version. Oh. And then there's the version they put in Morden Canons because they toned it down a bit. Yeah. Because it's... Um, I, I think I can't remember actually. I think it's a bit like hornier. Like <laughs> yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. He is the horny. But then they the kind of tempered it when they re-released it. Like if you go back to Out of the Abyss, it's like still pretty intense. Um, Let's have a look. Hang on. Okay, madness. There is nothing more. There is nothing in the world more important to them than my desires. Anyone who doesn't do exactly what I say doesn't deserve to live. Mine is the path of redemption. Anyone who says otherwise is intentionally misleading you. I will not rest until I have made someone else mine. And doing so is more important than to me than my own life or the lives of others. That's the horny one. Oh, here's another horny one. My own pleasure is of paramount importance. Everything else, including social graces, is triviality. And anything that can bring me happiness should be enjoyed immediately. There's no point in saving anything pleasurable for later. So I get that. That's a bit horny. This is from uh, Out of the Abyss. Yeah. I'll just see if it's the one I was thinking of. Because I'll, they, uh, To be fair, they might have changed on D&D Beyond. It's the thing with print. Oh, oh! They also nerfed Yinogu horrendously, and I found that out in the middle of a fight. So roll twenty. He's like, he does his hit does one d ten damage. In the books, it's four d ten, and I was fuming when I found that's that. Strange. Out. Was absolutely fuming. So that's the legacy stuff, and then the updated one. Oh, and the updated one, they just don't have it. They just don't have his madness stuff. You can probably cut a bit of this, Jack. Don't worry about it. No, keep it in. It's all good. Uh, Whoa. Fucking cultists. Oh, here we are. Joy from pain. So his followers, whenever a creature suffers a critical hit, it can make one melee weapon uh, attack as a reaction. So, like, if you hit a creature with a critical hit, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it hits you back. Oh, fuck it. Here we go. This is it. This is the other grass table, right? The Most of these are the same, except for uh, 81 to 90. To properly honor my dark, beautiful lord, I must prepare intricate, debauched rituals. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's a bit, that's to be fair, that's a bit more fun. Yeah, like it is a bit that. more fun. What am I, what, I can't remember now. So they changed some of them. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Sex is a great solution to all life's problems. Why doesn't anyone else get this? Oh, yeah. D&D's changed yeah, that. They've yeah, they've changed yeah, it. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. That's so, it's, it's so much more like intense. That is a lot hornier than what this said. <laughs> Nothing is more important to me than admiring my, <laughs> my reflection. Anyone who doesn't appreciate my beauty is a fool. It's a fool! My appetite for delicious, pleasurable substances knows no bounds. I'll do anything to get more. Rumours spread easily, and I know many of them. Who cares if they're true? Uh, and anyone who doesn't do exactly what I say deserves no happiness. So that, this modern Kane's Dome of Hours has the hornier version of Gratz Madnesses, <laughs> which is hilarious that they've had to get rid of them. Well, it's just funny they wrote in them in the first place, isn't it? Yeah. It. it makes sense. Gratz does. I mean, oh, it makes He's the sexy one. It's when you've got a, a, a game that's targeted. I feel like the box says twelve plus. Sometimes yeah. you have to moderate the content that you're putting out there. Yeah, that's um, true. But I, I'm a big fan of sex is the answer to all of life pro- life problems. <laughs> that's how I live my life. I'm just sitting there confused, and then Gratz, they just, the person with that madness goes, 
Why do we just have an orgy? Why don't and we then, just fuck? And then we'll be fine. We should all just fuck. We could just sleep with the Lich King, and then everything will be fine. What do we think? Everybody be like, you're not the bard. What are you doing? <laughs> I am suggesting viable options. Even the bard's like, dude. <laughs> not even I would tap that. Not even I. I, Not even I would tap that. And I have two half-dragon children. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's sort of madness. Like, the the longer-term ones do sort of... They're more like flaws. They're like extra flaws, basically. And you can play with them and make up your own ones and stuff like that. And it's just fun. It's just fun. And there's different ways of, like, sort of, like, toning it down so calm emotions can suppress it. So you know that if you cast... You know, if, if you are all having an argument... And one of the players cast calm emotions, and then suddenly everybody stopped doing all the weird shit they'd been doing for like eight hours or yeah, however long calm like, emotions last. Oh for. my god! You're like, wait, you're not talking about sex all the time. It's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I don't feel horny. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever feel horny again. And then as soon as the as soon as the calm emotion ends, they're like, oh the fuck it! <laughs> hey baby, let's get fucking. <laughs> You've got such a way with words, though. Yeah, so that's kind of like the main I guess I guess sort of like the extra bits for having having sort of fun with your players in terms of like consequences. Um and the rest of the DMG is just sort of filled with optional rules, really, in terms of um working on you know, your sanity scores, your honor scores and things like that, hero points and stuff. So essentially there's one optional rule of having proficiency die instead of proficiency bonuses. I love that optional rule. Great. Yeah. I love I I don't have the patience to do it, but I love that optional rule. It's great. It's great. And like instead of like a plus 2 automatically, it's a d4. So you're rolling more dice essentially. This is yeah. for your player who loves rolling dice. We all and, love rolling dice. Exactly. But it it allows for more failure, I think. Yeah. Cuz you're guaranteed 2 or you're guaranteed 6 at higher levels whereas now you could get between a 1 and a 12, which kind of makes the game a bit more like ooh, a bit spicier. Yeah, and sometimes you know, like you can you can change like ability check proficiencies, so like barbarians can have their ability checks changed. It's it's a little bit more, it's a it's a little bit more like sort of what we were talking about about you know if it's an insight check, making it a wisdom insight check rather than yeah, you know, just what sorry a deception wisdom rather than a um an insight wisdom check and stuff like that. And it's just sort of playing with your proficiencies and yeah. There's hero points, which makes it so that essentially the players get gain points that they can use to spend whenever making attack rolls and essentially just adding points to their rolls. And, and yeah. the points that allow basically an extra D6 onto whatever you're rolling. Yeah, it's just a really nice feature. I think like the stuff we've spoke about, like gritty realism in yeah. here. I like one of the rules that I've considered implementing before is the idea that you have to use a healer's kit on a short rest. Yeah, I like that as well. Because... Yeah, you're patching wounds up. You can't just have a cheeky one-hour nap. Even on a long rest as well, I think. Yeah. Because it means that you have to have... I I think it's for those games where you've got, like, the minutiae and you're trying to, like, play everything. Like, you know, if you're playing, like, high-class hero, then you don't really want to do this. But if you're playing sort of, like, hard and hard, gritty realism, then, yeah, you want to add those extra things. And it means that, yeah, you know, there's there's a heroic option for long rests where long rests take, like, an hour and short rests take five minutes. Yeah, it's... yeah. It's the complete opposite. Like of being demigods and just going yeah. from moment to moment. Although I like like I, I enjoy so I think when you're doing a game like a heavy minutiae game, yeah. um, which I am kind of doing, I take as much on as possible 
from the players so they don't have to think about it. So I like have a spreadsheet. So for example, I am using, I'm not, I wanted to use variant encumbrance, but I don't have the patience to be like, you have to take your back. Because the idea of variant encumbrance, I think D&D basically assumes you throw your backpack off when you start fighting. Yeah. Uh, but the variant encumbrance is like, if you don't do that, you have like reduced movement stuff because yeah. obviously you've got a heavy pack on. But what I do have is I do use usual encumbrance and I have like a calculator on my side so the players aren't stressing, oh wait, hang on, can I carry this? It's like, I know what you can carry and what you can carry in and I will say, just so you know, you won't actually be able to take that entire dragon's horde because yeah. it's full of coins and you've not thought of a way to carry all this stuff back. You haven't got a bag of holding. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, you know, you know where the horde is. The new thing is like, how do we how transport? Do we, how them? do we get this out? How do we tell people about the horde without, you know, losing it all. losing everything? Um, no, that's really cool as well. It just adds that extra layer to the game, especially if you're playing that sort of long-term game. It becomes a side quest. How do we get all the gold? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay, you go back, you tell them you found it. And then all of a sudden, like you have to deal with thieves and bandits who now know where it is. And now the dragon is dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's again, I really recommend, I'd love to go through all the rules here. Um, there are so many that are like add a bit more flavor to the game i think one of the most famous ones is flanking yeah which is if you're using miniatures and you two players are either side of a monster you'll they both have advantage um because you're teaming up on it essentially yeah you're cutting off all x-axis and i think a lot of these are like um kind of stuff that you can that are quite i feel like with the rule set you can logically come to yeah they're instinctive so, yeah like, like, if you're like oh i'm gonna jump down onto this thing whilst my friend's already attacking it yeah you're like oh well it's not gonna see that coming have advantage yeah exactly and then there's stuff like um uh, disarming it's like if someone was like to me i want to try and disarm them I'm like well they can try and duck out the way and you're gonna have to uh you're trying to hit them so it's like it makes sense that you make an attack roll against a check they're making to keep yeah. their weapon in their hand yeah or like you know foregoing damage to disarm yeah exactly stuff like that and like having i don't know yeah just little things like that so i guess you could you could make it so that the weapon has half cover because it's being used by someone yeah the the ac goes up to disarm so it's harder to disarm but it might be worth it i quite like the combo move of disarm a creature and once their weapon's out grab them by the scruff and grapple them yeah if you're like trying not to kill someone you just want to disarm and grab them like if you've got extra attack like watch out pull them in it's like tell us what the fuck is going on yeah, um, it's nice for storytelling. Not everything needs to be killed in D anD D, and that can be something a bit of a trap that we all fall into. Oh, my favorite! Actually, I love this one: cleaving through creatures. <sighs> so, if you reduce yeah. a creature to zero hit points in one hit, yeah, you can any damage you have left can go in over into the next creature. Yeah, and when I had my barbarian fighting a horde of kobolds, one attack, he just went. Like cleared his entire radius, and I don't think few things make you feel more powerful as a player than killing. Even if they have one hit, but killing multiple enemies as once as you cleave through. That was a that was a three point five uh, feature. Was that it? Was, yeah, yeah cleave, cleave yeah. and then you could get like greater cleave and stuff like oh, that. So good. The the way that feats stacked up were a lot. They were like skill trees more than anything. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But I love. I do love putting firearms and explosives in my games as like magical i treat them like magic weapons and stuff but there's loads of different like sort of um rules to that having reload properties for your weapons so that they need to use like a bonus action or action to reload if they run out of like bullets so they you know it's like essentially using your crossbow bolts uh burst fire so that instead of it being an attack roll it's like a 10 foot spray where you use all your you know, you use all your ammunition in one action, but it's a dexterity saving throw instead of, you know, instead of just a single shot. Yeah, okay. But sense. you need to be proficient in using weapons to do that. And I think making characters that sort of have that is is fun. And like making characters learn proficiencies is also fun. Mm. Like I 
I love as a player doing this, and I love it when players do it, when they're like, oh, well, I've just met a dwarf. Can I start to learn dwarvish? And I'm like, yeah, over a year you could learn dwarvish as long as you keep practicing. And, like, you keep that sort of minutiae going up. So if you find, like, an antimatter rifle and you're like, I have no idea how to use this, but it does 68 necrotic damage, so I'm going to learn. So you spend a year in game practicing with it mm. that makes a lot of sense to me and by the end of that year well done congratulations your reward is is that now you're Sweet, better with it yeah. and there's bombs and dynamite and all sorts of grenades and fragmentation smoke grenades that you know make a heavily obscured area and it's there's loads of really cool stuff and i guess it's 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 kind of fun to do that and adding <sighs> like the alien technology rule to it all so that like figuring it out requires a dc check because if you don't know anything about a gun, you've never seen a gun before, yeah. you won't even know how to use it. You the, might even blow your own fucking fingers off. Slightest spoilers for Curse of Strahd. Um, there is a gun in Curse of Strahd. What? If you go into the um, crypts, yeah. one of the crypts is a time traveler, and he has a bizarre device made of wood and metal, and they describe it as a gun. I vaguely remember He traveled that, into the yeah. future, got a gun and came back, and then he's buried there with his gun. Yeah. And the players get, and there's like, I think, I don't know, I can't remember if it tells you if you were able to identify it, but basically there's just this guy with a gun. Yeah. And your players can be like, what the fuck is this? And it's just like a metal tube with a wooden kind of back. It's just, a, it's just a yeah. rifle. Yeah. And they're like, huh, don't know what that is. And move on. Because right. it's like, why would you? Exactly. It's um, like a weird staff. You'd be yeah. like, this isn't usable. It's got wood on the end. That's such a fucking like cobbled or goblin thing. Like, yeah. we have we have mastered booyak, we have mastered magic. Yeah, yeah. It go boom, yeah. and then they've got a rifle. It's like fuck, oh fuck, the, the two gave the goblins a gun. Yeah, hundred percent. I did. It was me, the DM. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's good fun, and there's all these optional rules and just sort of like the way to do initiative being different as well. So not having them roll initiative, but it's like a passive, 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 fuck. Passive. Passive. It's a passive initiative. Speed, is it speed factors? That, yeah, essentially, yeah. you instead of instead of rolling, you just do 10 plus your dex. So it's essentially your AC without armor. Yeah. And that is initiative every time. And if you're a DM that's like, look, when I get into combat, I just want to jump into it. I don't want to have to wait for my players to roll. That's great for you because you get to go combat starts. I already know your initiatives. I already know their initiatives. Let's do this. If I often have, if I have a session with like multiple combats, I will often be like, just keep your initiative cards. Yeah. And I'll just put the monster in kind of, I'll roll an initiative for them and put them in like on one of the monster cards I've got, or they'll just put them in where I've got a card just because it makes sense. Exactly. Oh yeah. You use the little cards. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, They're really cool then. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I there's another, there's one called Speed Factor, which I think is a nice idea, but I think would be really rough to implement, which is basically before the start of the round, everyone announces what they're going to do, and then they all roll initiative based on that. Yeah. So if you are going to be, so basically you'll roll initiative, and if you're going to be casting a leveled spell, you minus the level of the spell from your initiative. If you're going to be using a heavy weapon, you might, stuff like this. And I like the idea that your decisions in combat determine how quickly you can act. But I just cannot imagine implementing that in an easy and enjoyable way that's not just sitting there. I feel like that would hurt to to run. But yeah, so essentially, it is all just about playing with stuff and just having fun. And, you know, there's there's lingering injuries, which is one of my favorite kind of stuff about Mm. just like when you get a critical hit or you drop to zero hit points or you fail a death saving throw by five or more, you lose an eye, you get a scar, festering wounds, stuff like that. 
it's all just extra stuff and it's all extra variant rules that you can implement. And I would I would heavily recommend just just having a read through, going through everything because there's way too much to cover. I yeah, I, this I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like hopefully we've given you good guidance for what this book contains. Yeah. But I cannot recommend enough reading these books. Yeah. Because I've got you start the series by saying you don't have to read the books after this. I still think you should do it. Yeah. Read because first of all there's not a lot of text. No. Um, and I, they are actually really nice to read. There's nice flavor hidden throughout. The artwork's gorgeous. And just oh, taking yeah. some time to read through the books, especially like the DMG, and like it, it will provide you with some real inspiration. Um, the random tables for world generation, for adventure generation, for making magic items, like all this stuff can re- really can help your game. And yeah. I do really do recommend like sitting down, taking the DMG, and having a little flick through it. Um, from cover to cover if you can and hopefully we've helped you with that hopefully Mm. we've shown you how to do it and what to do and what we think of it as well like all of the stuff that we've kind of talked about today is very much optional Mm. like it's not it's nowhere near being like hard fast set rules this is like just to improve the game or to add that extra level of detail or to not like you can just play simple D&D using the player's handbook like it is you can use (laughs) the basic rules exactly you can play D&D without buying anything exactly so you know, hopefully if you've made it this far, you're feeling a bit inspired and hopefully we've helped as much as we can. And if you are a player, book, I hate up, you. book up your ideas. And if you're a DM and you're there, if you're the DM for that player that's listening, just throw a Tarask at them. Yeah, I'm giving you a me. free Tarask card. Yeah. Enjoy. Just for me. <laughs> Eat them alive. Eat them whole. But this has been super fun, man. So thank you very much for agreeing yeah, to do no, this with me. Yeah, it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed giving me inspiration and ideas for my games seriously have seriously have and you know um hopefully we'll have you back on for a few more like we've you know we've talked about the future gonna hopefully do some monster episodes and stuff like that and some homebrew stuff and when you got a bit more free time hopefully we'll well yeah if you have any yeah let's see how that goes uh but yeah no it'd be really good i really enjoyed thanks for having me no thank you for for thank you for doing this journey with me it was a long commitment so i really appreciate you sticking the whole way through and finishing it so it was good fun big up to you man um where can they find you you've got loads of stuff oh my god um going on at the moment you've got Uh, all the podcasts you've got a podcast coming out soon so please plug all that so i uh do a podcast about larp called larps and tarps which focuses on uh empire larp which is the uk's biggest larp um it's my absolute favorite hobby to start (laughs) the year ago changed my life um give that a listen um we've also got some new stuff coming out which i can't talk about too much but will be on those feeds but maybe the actual play yeah uh, so keep tuned. Uh, and then Can you also, tell us the name so that anybody... Not yet. No. Not yet. It's, it's got solid. a working title. Okay, cool, um, cool, cool. And then uh, I'm also on Instagram at Glorious Larper as well. Yeah, please follow Morgan and all he does because he is wonderful. And um, the D&D stuff that he's been telling me about that is going to be coming out hopefully soon is really cool shit. And uh, yeah, just give him all the support you can. Uh, thank you very much again for listening to the show. And uh, I've been Niall. I've been Morgan. And you've been you. Goodbye, friends. (laughs) Friends? No, I'm joking. (laughs) Enemies. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please leave a review as it really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair and G McDermott for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to littlelineslayer.co.uk where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Until next time, brave adventurers.